Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Stand. We, uh, Pastor did this last week. Let's stand for the reading of the Word. I, I really like doing that. We're going to be in the book of Joshua this morning. We um, finished a series studying a mighty man of God of David, and uh, he was a mighty man of God. And we're going to look at another mighty man of God this morning in Joshua. So let's go to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them and to the children of Israel. For every place that the sole of your foot would tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates, and the Hittites, and the great sea, toward going down to the sun, shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for this people. You shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law which Moses my servant commanded. Do not turn from the right or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. For this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your spirit that is already here this morning. We thank you for your presence that is in this building, and I trust it is in the homes of those that are viewing and watching from afar. Lord God, our prayer is that you would, this word is already anointed because it's yours. And Father God, I pray that it would go forth to every person that is listening now and even to periods of time to come in the future, that this word would bring forth fruit and encouragement and strength and admonishment in the lives of those that hear it and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated today. You may be seated today. I really love this time of year. How many fall people do we have? How many, how many of you guys are ready? All right. God's anointed is in the house, outnumbering everybody else. I got my best Al Borland impersonation outfit on today. But I, I, I love fall. I was going to go full flannel, but I, could, I don't think I could do that and get away with it, worshiping or, or uh, preaching. But I, this is as close as I could come. But I love this time of year. But I got a word for you this morning. I got a word for you that I believe is very prophetic in timing, not only for our church, but as our society and our land as a whole. How many want to hear something from the Lord? We've been in this series in our youth ministry for a few weeks now in Joshua. This time of year, we always kind of do something like that, talking about transitioning into a new year, a new grade, hopefully, a new school for some, for most, and now throw the virtual experience in. So we've been kind of, we kind of talk about transition and that sort of thing. And, but this morning, I want to talk to you about not only times of transition, but times of adjustment. 
So if you're taking notes this morning, we're going to call this message this morning, Getting Back in Time. Getting Back in Time. And if you're writing down, write these three down. Arise, adjust, and accomplish. Arise, adjust, and accomplish. I come before you this morning as Second Peter in chapter 1, he says, I don't write anything brand new to you, my brothers, but I come to remind you and to stir up the memory of the saints. And so this morning, this message may not be as sizzling as some hot wings. It may not be as pleasant as some quesadillas. It's probably some meatloaf, green beans, mashed potatoes, salad, and a roll. It may not be your favorite, but it's good for you. I got a phrase in my house that my kids could tell you at any given day. When they, something happens that they don't like, I'm, they get told to do something they don't like, go somewhere they don't like, my kids would tell you, if I told them right now, gave them a microphone, I would say, is good for you. Try it, parents. Try it sometime. Is good for you. Because they'll thank you later. But we, as a church, we're going to talk about that for a little bit, of being in a time of transition. Pastor, we preach messages about transition and all the sorts of things, but, but I'm going to talk about the brother to transition, and that is adjustment. Listen, adjustments are a part of life. They'll never go away. So I begin to think about some of the things that 2020 has made us to adjust to. You know how rude it feels to not shake someone's hand when you meet? Does anybody else kind of like feel that way? Like you go forth and you feel like, okay, am I being rude? Do they understand we can't shake hands? And so the whole time I'm talking, I'm wondering, okay, do they, am I being rude? But we've had to make that adjustment. So we're fist bump or elbowing or whatever we're doing. Another adjustment we've had to make is uh, smile with our eyes. Do you know how intimidating this looks? By the way, if you want to remove your mask, you can do so now during preaching. But, but especially when we first started leading worship, I was telling one of our guys, especially being in the, the way this place is designed in this room back here, I can't really hear anything you guys are saying or doing. So during worship, I can't hear you, and everyone's got masks on, so I don't know if you're cussing, if you're singing, if you're, what you're, you know. So it, it's, you go into a store, and you just, you feel like rude all the time. So I, how many have been practicing smiling with your eyes? How many have been doing that? I've been doing that. I've been doing that. If you've never thought of that, let me encourage you to do that. It goes a long way. It really does. Smile with your eye. Give me a little smile. Some other things. Uh, choose our words carefully. Hear me now. In the environment we live in, where we don't know if we're very conscious to offend somebody or to make somebody upset, so we're constantly choosing our words and choosing, you know, these are little things that have really just wore us out. And my personal favorite, if you cough or sneeze, you got to shout, I'm not sick. I've always been that way when I come out of a building into the sunlight, I just sneeze. I've just always been that way. And I am still that way. And no matter how hard I try it in, to hold it in, I still do it. And I've had so many people in the parking lot of, if I'm in a store or something, well, you can see their head snap back and I, or they'll say, bless you or something. And I always have to say, I'm not sick. It's just allergies or I'm just weird or whatever. We as ROL has been in a season of transitioning and adjusting for over a year. It was this time of year last year that we were going through what we were going through. We, were, we, began, we changed buildings. We began to come into this building and renovate the front side and have services here in the gym. And at that time, it, it didn't look and sound as nice as it does now. And it was an experience for sure. And then we moved into the sanctuary when that was done. And we started opening up our, our Wednesday night ministries and other ministries just a few weeks, we had to go back into lockdown and have virtual services. And now we're coming together, but we have restrictions. 
And on top of that, we have social tension and racial tension and generational tension. We have plagues, natural disasters, and it's an election year. And you know what I saw yesterday? In California, there's these fire tornadoes that are going around. Have you guys seen that? It's like, what on earth? And there's some hilarious memes and things out there I don't really have time to get into, but you just have to laugh because you couldn't write this thing any different than it's happening. And can I tell you, that's part of why I'm coming to you right now, church, is because I believe none of these are coincidental. Not one of these are. God is moving in the midst of the chaos. In fact, he does his best work in the midst of the chaos. He does his best work in the midst of the darkness. He does his best work in the midst of the confusion because he is light and he is truth. And that is the time that it stands forward and is the most impactful. Amen? Go ahead, praise him. So let me, let's get into the text here. So verse 1, it says very plainly, God is saying very plainly, Moses is dead. Let me throw this at you, church. What was your comfort? What was your routine that was taken away during 2020, maybe during quarantine, maybe during COVID? Moses was the leader of Israel. Moses, we know the story. Moses was called the prince of Egypt. He was called to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness and, 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 and bring them to freedom and establish them as a people. Moses was the man for a long time. Moses was dead. What comforts? have been taken out for you. In 2020, many comforts. I just wrote a few down. Maybe some of us were secure in our money and our finances. Look at the economy. Maybe your Moses or your comfort was your business and maybe you've had to put it on pause or God forbid it's even closed its doors temporarily or maybe even permanently. Maybe you were ready to get that promotion and that was your comfort. You were setting up, you were getting looking ready for the last few years to retirement or maybe finally getting that first big break and that Moses, that comfort was taken away. I think one that would impact us all was the ability to have corporate worship, the ability to come together, the ability to have a facility to meet in has been a, a major comfort in all of our lives. Never thought we would see the day when we couldn't gather corporately, but that's what had to happen for a few months. How challenging was that with our Moses being gone? How much did it expose in us? Did it expose how much we really go after God or did it expose how much we really don't? Did it expose how, how much we worship God and we praise God, or did it expose how much we really don't? And the list goes on and on and on. But the Bible says very plainly, Moses was dead. Let me throw this phrase at you. You cannot embrace the future while holding on to the past. There comes a time in your life when you just have to stop mourning over it and accept it so you can move on. Paul said, I put all things behind me, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I thank God for what he did in my life in 1987. But I want to see what God is going to do in 2027 to come. I'm glad that certain years and certain times in my life are over, but I have to accept it. Look to your neighbor and say, don't be an Uncle Rico. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there was this crazy movie back a few years ago. It's been a while now. Napoleon Dynamite. And in that movie, they have Uncle Rico, and he's reliving 1985, I think it is, or 87. And in the whole movie, he still dresses that way. He's got his hair cut that way. And every time he talks about was the championship game in high school, and you see him throwing footballs in the field to a camera. And he just, every time it comes up, oh, man, if we just won state, if I could quarterback, and he tries to invent this time machine, it's hilarious. We can be that very same way in life. 
we can get so stuck in anything. We can get stuck in our relationships. We can get stuck in our marriages. We can certainly get stuck in our walk with God. We get to a place that becomes autopilot, but when that's taken away, what happens? You have to just embrace it. Listen, let me tell you that God was with us on Savage Road, and he's been with us here on Sumter. Let me say it like this. He's with us before COVID, and he's going to be with us after COVID. Maybe your Moses was taken away, your comfort was taken away. Don't be disheartened. Don't be dismayed. God was with you before the failure. God is going to be with you after. God was with you before the shortcoming. God is going to be with you after. God was with you before the diagnosis. God is going to be with you after. He is not a God that gets surprised. He is not a God that gets intimidated. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there is nothing that can catch him by surprise. That's a promise we have as believers. I wouldn't face 2020 without knowing God. You're crazy if you're trying to do it by yourself. God is God all by himself. And just like as much as the Bible says, like an earthly father takes care of his earthly children, how much more is a heavenly father going to take care of his heavenly children? Amen? But let's look at it from Joshua's point of view. So Joshua was thrusted into leadership. Joshua was Moses' assistant for 40 years. Everybody say comfortable. Say comfortable. I still can't hear you. Say comfortable. Drop that in the chat. Comfortable. The temptation when you're young, and we talked about this in our student ministries, but I think sometimes us adults can feel this way. Let me just kind of minister to you just for a moment. So the temptation is that when we're in a place of assistant for so long, or before we get that promotion that we're looking for, we tend to start thinking, oh, if I just ran things. How many times have you said when you were a kid, I'm not going to do that when I become a parent? Let me tell you that. I think of it like the quote Mike Tyson said. When he says, do you have a plan when you enter the ring? And he said, everybody's got a plan Do you get punched in the head. And that's kind of how it is when you're growing up. So students, I, God bless you. I know you're thinking to yourself, I'm not going to do that, what mom and dad does to you. I'm not going to do that when I get older. I'm not going to do that. You are going to, you don't know nothing. <laughs> or when you don't have kids and you're trying to tell, okay, we're going to just back right off of that. But the, the temptation is, oh, if only I were in charge. If only I was the leader, I would do things different. Oh, if only I were married, then my life would be better. Or if only I were single, then my life would be better. Listen, these are, these are lies that the enemy tells every single one of us. Oh, if I were only grown up, then my life would be better. Let me tell you something. Promotion, leadership, marriage, parenthood, all that stuff is not what you think it is. It is not what you think it is. We're just going to keep moving. We're just going to keep moving right here. So I love this because Joshua was thrusted into leadership. Let me throw this at you. What are you thrusted into because of 2020 has been so crazy? Maybe you were thrusted into being a homeschool parent. Maybe you were thrusted into reinventing your department. You had plans for 2020, but now you have to, you're sent with a responsibility to reinvent what your department is doing. Or maybe you're a business owner and you've been thrusted into making changes. Maybe you're a leader of an organization and now you've got to reinvent how you do things. What have you been thrusted into? Maybe you've been the first person saved in your family and you're feeling enormous stress. You feel pressure to say the right thing, know the right thing, do the right thing. 
and you feel intimidated when you go to your family, listen, we see this phrase happening in this passage right here. Be strong and of good courage. This phrase happens seven times in the entire book of Joshua. It occurs four times in chapter one. Four times. So Joshua, as mighty as he was, right off the bat, God had to come to him and tell him, just as I was with Moses, I would be with you. And so can I tell you, church, that when, no matter what you've been thrusted into, God is saying, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. I'm not going to leave you high and dry, says the Lord. I will be with you. Be strong. Be courageous. And know that the Lord thy God is with you. And if God be for us, Oh, y'all read it too, huh? Be encouraged. God is with you. So let's put ourselves in the, in the mind of the children of Israel. They were all excited, and they were ready to go to the promised land. But they came to the Jordan River. And I love the Bible. It says in parentheses, and it was the fullest it ever gets. The banks were overflowing. You talk about adding injury to insult. Somebody just say 2020. I, if any one of these things I read earlier happened in a year, whew, we'd be like, man, that was a rough year. They're all happening. And we still got another three months to go. Lord have mercy. I don't know what's going to happen. So they were so excited. They were close to the promised land. They could see it. They could look over across the, the banks of the Jordan. They could see the promised land. They could, they could smell it. They could imagine, oh, I'm going to live over there. I'm going to put, look some, I could see families huddling up on the sides of the river saying, you see that clearing? We're going to put a hut over there. We're going to put a cabin over there. And we're going to have our, our sheep feeding in that field. They were, they were planning their lives. They were looking only to come to a Jordan River, and it made them stop. There's a scripture in Habakkuk. Two, it says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will come. So the first thing I want to tell you, church, is it's time to arise. That was the, spirit, the word of the Lord that, the, that God gave us this church. And that's what happened to Joshua. He had to arise from being the assistant. He had to arise from being behind the scenes. And like I said, you have to arise from the ashes. You have to arise from the failure. You have to arise from the defeat. That's the first thing. We have to arise because God is with us. The second thing is adjust. Everybody say adjust. Let me give you this phrase. The key to your crossing is found in the waiting. This is where we mess up. And this is where I want to spend the rest of my time this morning is how to adjust, when to adjust, and what to adjust. Maybe God has you in a place of preparation right now. And this is the place when we lose it. This is the place, the place right before the promotion comes, the, right before the big break comes, right before the big day comes. This is when we go crazy. More pastors fail, it seems like nowadays, at the end of their term than at the beginning. Even Apostle Paul said, I, I, I buffet my flesh and I put things in my life so that doesn't happen to me. It can happen. See, let me see that God puts us in these times of preparation. God told Joshua, wait there for three days. God was intentional by saying three days. Can I tell you why? Because God views us through an eternal lens. Do you remember how when you were a kid, you thought eighth grade was going to last forever? You know what I'm talking about? You have like no concept of time. You think that's why it's so heavy because, you know, you, you're just, you feel like this is going to be the rest of your life. We feel that way sometimes as adults. But we have to understand that God sees us through eternity. When he sees you, he sees your past, your present, and your future all at the same time. Look at the scripture in Psalm 139, 16. You saw, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and it was written in your book 
the days fashioned for me when as yet none of them were existing yet. God is concerned with the eternal you, sometimes a little more than the present you. Do you hear me? God is concerned with the eternal you, a little bit more than the present you sometimes, as we may feel that way. God, when? God, why? Again, his eternal perspective. I begin to look back at our story, and, and I don't ever want to get tired of telling the story. God has done something very special and very unique in River of Life, always has from its inception. But I begin to think about where God has brought us as a church, and I want this testimony to inspire. There's, sometimes we get used to the move of God in our lives. I grew up with my father being a pastor, and every one of my uncles were pastors or evangelists. I thought everybody was that way. Our family reunions were church services. That's just how it was. And as I got older, I realized that ain't everybody's family. So sometimes we can take for granted what God is doing. And so I don't ever want to get tired of telling the story of what God has done here in River of Life. But we started in 2002, and right off the bat, Dad said, this place ain't going to be big enough for what God wants to do. Let's start raising some money. And I'll never forget, he had a goal to raise $30,000, then we're going to go to the bank. Church, can I tell you, we got all excited. We had this big giant, I had a picture of it and I just couldn't find it. We had this big giant thermometer made up and it had benchmarks of numbers and it had money on it. And my wife, she was the Vanna White of River of Life at that time. You know my wife, how much she hates attention. It was her job every week to rip off a new piece of red felt and put it on the thermometer. After a couple of weeks went by, this got a little out of control. I woke up one Sunday morning and my wife is standing there in a long evening gown and she's going, honey, do I put the felt up like this or do I put the felt up like this? I said, okay, we got to squash this building fund real quick. But I have a picture of her putting the felt on there. We went, man, we were so excited. We were on our way. We hired contractors. We looked at builders. We had several plans. We built out, left, right, up, down, north. We were going up. And it got put down every single time, every single time. Why? Because God saw what was happening now, even though we had no idea what God was doing. Just a quick shout out. If you've never heard our story, it's on our Facebook page and our media team's going to be putting it on our YouTube soon. It's a journey video. It's about a half hour. That it, it entails our entire journey. Watch that video if you've never seen it, because I know a lot of people are kind of new to the church now. But even if you have seen it, watch it again. It will build your faith. A year ago, we were here in this building, and I can remember we, were, we met here, and we, did, we voted to purchase and move, and we, here we, were, we were dreaming about this room's going to be this, and that room's going to be that, and God's going to do this, and God's going to do that, and, 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 and we were so excited. We were bursting with energy. Listen, this building couldn't have happened five years ago, two years ago. Pastor Eddie and I were talking this week about all of our team builders and all of our leaders. Out of almost 20 people, there were only about three that had attended this church longer than five years. Every single one of the other ones had been here less than five years. You had a part to play in that. This is the church that God had you build, you restore, you renovate. You have a treasure in heaven for that and a treasure here. And I just want to say thank you. God bless you for all the work that you did. But that's the power of timing. That's the power of getting in timing. We were looking at the promised land. We were here. We were dreaming it. We were tasting it. We were working around the clock. We had people pulling all-nighters. Hear me. 
We had people that were here all night, people taking days off of work. They were here whenever they could, and we had our grand opening weekend was awesome. We had the big searchlights in the parking lot. The place was packed almost to capacity. We were so excited. It was so wonderful, and we thought this was our time to arise and shine. Had the t-shirt, had the logo, had everything ready. The word of the Lord told us to arise and shine, and then March hit. It was like someone just went over and just unplugged the whole thing, and that's what happened. But listen, we had to make a decision just like Joshua had to make a decision. We had to arise to the occasion. And we had to put in some long days and some long nights once again and put a crash course into, into creating and planting a virtual church because the church has to go on. Amen? So this morning, before I give you a couple of points toward the end, that's gonna help us because I wanna talk to you about the timing of God. This is when we miss it. The timing of God is not our timing. The timing of the Holy Spirit is different. So what, uh, when I'm thinking of music, and I could have went timing with sports or even mechanics, whatever, but I'm thinking of, of music this morning as the musician that I am. So some of these will have to do, illustrations will do with music. But listen, let me tell you something. When we listen to music, we oftentimes think of the, the, the instruments, the beats, whatever's going on. We, we maybe look into the lyrics, but how often do we give attention to the timing of the song? Perfect example. Remember the movie, That Thing You Do? Remember how, if you've ever seen that movie, That Thing You Do, in the beginning of the movie, the song, they're in the garage, and it's this, this slow and this weepy and this song that they're doing, and well, the drummer gets hurt, and they got to get a new drummer, and the drummer comes in, and he totally changes it to that, you know. So if you've ever seen that movie, you know what that means. And that's a perfect example of how timing influences a song. And I don't have time to go in, I did a little bit of research, but the Beatles were big for this, writing songs that were in all kind of weird time. Pink Floyd has written stuff, and, and George Harris's Here Come the Sun has four different time measures in it. Four different time measures in it. I think we have a picture, let's go to the next picture of, of the staff, I wanna show you something. We have a time signature, every song is written of that time signature. There's a huge difference in that time signature. We look at the notes, we look at the things, but there's a time signature there. It tells you the timing of that song. And some of them will even have a little B BPM for beats per minute. Listen, there's a big time difference between 6-8 and 3-4 time. Let me give you an example. This morning we sang Reckless Love, which is a time signature of 6-8. Joe and I were, were at an event and we were laughing because one of our event it was a Ranger event, and we crammed about 400 people into a room that holds about 100 so it's really hard to hear. And these men worship God. Let me tell you something. If you've ever heard the stereotype that men don't worship, come to one of our ranger events. These guys worship and blow the roof off that place. Sometimes they, they get a little ahead of me playing. And at the end, we were laughing. It was like something that sounded from an Irish pub. You know, they were <laughs> reckless. It was all off time. There's a huge difference in time. I say that with as much love and respect. You guys know what I'm saying. But there's the power of time. The power of time. Let me tell you something. You know who sets the time signature? The composer. The one who wrote the time. And can I tell you that God is the heavenly composer who has set a composer, who has set the time for your life, the time for my life, and the time for us as mankind. You can't rush it. You can't drag it because God set the time, and we have to get in line with that time. If we don't get in line with that time, we're going to have a miserable, miserable life. They had to wait three days, the Bible says in verse 11, to prepare provisions for yourself. Again, we're still talking about adjustment. The first thing we need to do, if you're writing this down, is time to set the rhythm. On that picture, there's a little device called a metronome. What that metronome does is that is an old-fashioned way. There's some digital ones, but you might have seen it. That goes side to side based on the time you want. 
and you follow that little thing clicking. You, find that, you follow that little thing moving. And there's modern ones and there's digital ones because sometimes we have an opinion. Is that too fast? Is that too slow? Well, there's a device to tell you if it's too fast or too slow because a lot of things in music is opinion. You like it, I don't like it. I don't like it, you like it. We just gotta all get along. I'm just gonna move right off of that because I can really drive that nail home, but I'm not gonna do that. God gave us a metronome in verse eight, the book of the law. I love how he says, Joshua, rise and go. And the next thing he tells him to do after he says, be strong, get into the word of God. Get into the word of God. Let this book of the law never depart from your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Think about it, drink about it, eat about it, look about it, study it, memorize it. This is the thing. Listen, can I tell you, this is God's metronome for your life. One person got that. Amen. Thank you for that. Listen, you, there is nothing that sets the pace for your life better than the Word of God. I love a good worship song. I love a good prayer meeting. I love a good move of the Spirit. I love a good prophecy and word of knowledge. But you've got to live by the Word of God because that is the only thing that is going to set pace on your life. That is the only thing that's going to keep you out of hell. That is the only thing that's going to heal your marriage is the Word of God. That is God's metronome. Listen, can I tell you something? you got to catch the rhythm of the Spirit. How many of you just would admit you ain't got no rhythm whatsoever? God bless you. I used to love traveling on the road with Dad. We went to all kinds of churches. Clapping on the one and the three. Some of y'all know what that means. Some of y'all have no idea what that means. Eighteen tambourines. Then you get to some good churches that have some good groups. I love jumping with them. I got the, it was fun. i got to get to my message. I'm not even hardly to any of my points. I was, that was for free. But let, let's keep going. Listen, church, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Sooner or later, we're going to have to do what this book says. Sooner or later, we're going to have to quit setting our metronome to the CNN and the Fox News and the Republicans and the Democrats and the whatever else you want to put in there, and we've got to start setting our metronome to the Word of God. We've got to start doing what it says. We got to start doing what it says, being who it says to be, looking like it says to look like, sound like it was says to look like. That's setting our metronome to the Word of God. We got people that are doing all kind of crazy stuff that is blatantly contrary to the Word of God. Why? Because the culture tells them it's okay, or the, the whatever tells them it's okay. But the Word of God will never change. I'm sorry. If the Word says no, then the Word is no. Adjust you got to adjust the timing of your life. Another adjustment I believe they were doing in those three days is a time to rest. A time to rest. There's a symbol on the next one. It's kind of hard to see, but it's in the smoke. And that's a rest. That's a quarter rest. Did you happen, did you know, and I know we got a lot of musicians in the group and we got a lot of young musicians in our youth ministry, and I love working with young students musically. I love that. I love that. Did you know that in some times of the song, it's okay to not play? It's okay to not sing. In fact, this is what separates good bands from great ones, good musicians from great ones, good vocalists from great ones, is knowing when to stop playing, knowing when to stop singing. Clean your sound a little bit. If, if, if you're a young band wanting to aspire to really hit the next level, clean your sound a little bit. What happens is you get a bunch of people in a room that go wide open all the time. You feel like you're listening to a bunch of soloists you got everybody wailing on their instruments. Listen, you have to get together and you have to rest. I believe this is one thing that they were doing. They needed to rest because they just came from a long journey. 
and they were getting ready to go into a battle. So if I can give you a couple things, listen, this is some adjustments you need to make that maybe we did during quarantine. How many really hit that quarantine 15? I see some little hands go up. Come on now. Listen, my dad suffered a heart attack in the late 90s that killed him. And he's right here. Wow. The Lord brought him back. Matter of fact, I, I hope he shares that story. Dad's been doing some Facebook videos, and I hope you've been blessed by those. Hopefully dad will share that story coming up soon because that story was real. But listen, they told my dad it wasn't a demonic attack. You just eat too much bad food. He'll be the first to tell you that. He had to change his eating habits. He had to change his resting habits. Let me give you some tips, because this is why I believe God had them wait for three days. I know it's practical and it's not spiritual, but listen, we need to slow down. We need to drink more water. I'm for real, listen to me. You need to get some more sleep. Turn the phone off and candy crush and get some sleep. You need to eat some good food. I love fried chicken, can't you tell? I love my jalapeno poppers and, 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 and mozzarella sticks, but you got to eat some good food. You got to get some downtime in your life. You got to get a, ha a hobby. Some of you are so busy, you couldn't think of the last time you were actually bored for five minutes. You're too busy. The next thing they had to do is they had to regroup. It's time to regroup. I think this is important. Listen to this. Listen to this right here. Before you can go to the next level, you need to prepare yourself now. The first, the first way they had to regroup was spiritually. I believe this. Spiritually, they had to regroup spiritually. In the music world, I, I, if, if people always ask, how do I get better? How do I do better? It's learning your scales. It's learning the fundamentals. If you're in sports, you've got to learn the fundamentals of that sport. If you're in baking, you've got to learn the difference between a third cup and a half cup. You have to. It's just like anything else is spiritual. Somebody say spiritual disciplines. If you wanted to adjust your life, and what these were doing for three months here, they had to adjust spiritually. They had to regroup spiritually. Listen, spiritual priorities would be one of the hardest things you try to set in stone, but it would be the most rewarding in your life if you do it. Here's how you do it. There's something that I learned at, a, of all places, a sales seminar many years ago, and it stuck with me. And it's this, simply this. We always say, okay, I'm going to make Bible reading a priority. I'm going to make pray, pray, praying a priority. And, and, and listen to this, how it was said to me. Priority is what you do, but a value is who you are. In other words, I didn't have to get up this morning and set a reminder on my phone, eat some food. I didn't have to get up and set a reminder on my phone, put some clothes on. I didn't have to get up and put a reminder and give my wife a hug. I do these things because it's a value to me, okay? I want to eat so I can live. I want to be dressed so I don't get arrested. And I want to give my wife a hug so I don't get a black eye. It's okay to laugh at that. I'm not secretly crying for help. That was a joke. Okay? You have to regroup spiritually. We're getting into the groove. We're coming back to church. I know I like to sit in my PJs and watch Pastor Eddie preach, but you need to get back into church when you feel comfortable. Amen? You need to get those spiritual disciplines. Listen, you need to put God first. You're told later in that passage that they are to seek the presence of the Lord. Let me, I tell our students this. Let me tell you too, mom and dads. Say a prayer before you do anything. Say a prayer before you engage in a friendship with that person. Say some prayer before you engage into a, a relationship with that person. Say, spend some time in prayer before you go hang out with somebody. Just spend some time in prayer before you do anything. That is acknowledging the presence of God in your life. Amen? The next thing they had to do was regroup with their families. Have you ever gone on a road trip and, you know, kids jump in each other's cars and the wives are driving one car, the dads, and I mean, you get all mixed up. 
there comes a time when you got to regroup as your families. Hopefully, during lockdown and during quarantine, we establish some good family, good family things. When's the last time you had a good discussion with your kids, mom and dad? When's the last time you had a good discussion? When's the last time you asked your husband, how are you doing during these days? Your wife, your kids, how are you? We're driving every, each other nuts, okay? Everybody's family is driving everybody. We all have to deal with that, okay? When's the last time you tried to be intentional and say, how are you doing? We have to regroup as our family. And we're going to get to the end right here. Arise, adjust, and accomplish. It's a time to look ahead. When you understand the timing of a song, it helps you catch the changes. Remember that old, back to the, Bill and I have some back to the future jokes with the, remember that Marty says at the end, the blues riff and B, try to watch me for the changes, try to keep up. That's a real musician thing. Because if you, once you catch the time of the song, then you anticipate when the chords and beats will change. That's just part of understanding the rhythm. When you get together, I love getting together just unrehearsed, and, and I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but I love to get together with other musicians and just do some jamming. We're not playing a song, we're not doing anything, and so it always starts. If we're not playing a regular song, somebody's gotta start first. Drummer, give us a beat. And the drummer lays down a beat. You gotta give it a minute, you gotta catch the beat. You gotta catch the rhyme, you gotta catch it, you gotta get the rhythm, then you can get the rest of the song. The same thing is in our life. Listen, once we have arisen from our failure, once we've adjusted, we can then accomplish to what God is wanting to do and it's time to look ahead. Listen, if you don't know where you are going, you can end up anywhere. It's time to set some goals in our life. They were making plans for not only how to get to the promised land, but what to do when they got there. Let's stand to our feet this morning as the worship team comes. And I want to finish this thought. The whole point of this message today, guys, was to, to just encourage you to not lose it during the times of preparation, to not lose the timing of God. And, and I had some more things I wanted to share. I just don't have time. I just don't have time. My heart breaks for people that lose their salvation, that lose their ministry, lose their calling, lose their families in a temporary season. 2020 is like being on a bad vacation. I get that. I remember we went on a vacation one time. We went to a couple nights to a, to a, a someone got us a little getaway package years ago. Uh, Joshua was very young. Isaiah, Isaiah was in diapers. Lydia was in a stroller. Josiah wasn't even born yet. And we were all excited because we were working hard in ministry. We were here. We were working really hard. And God gave us this time and we went to this hotel. Both of my young children developed earaches over the first night. And all they did was scream and cry. So here I am in another city, driving around at 11 o'clock at night, trying to find something open so I can buy some children's motor. How many parents have ever been there? You know what I'm talking about. And we're all upset. We got this nice suite. We got, you know, the kids are little. We're hanging out. And I get up the next morning, and I, there's a letter shoved under my door. It said, please contain your children. I couldn't sleep, blah, 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 blah. I got that letter, and I read it. And I did what every other saint of God would do is I crumbled it up, and I threw it at the guy's door across the hall. I did. I did. Then I went and got it because I felt convicted. <laughs> Don't mess your life up right now because everything's crazy. It's going to get back to normal. And even if it doesn't, you're still responsible for the condition of your soul. There's a lot of grace that's going on with a lot of things right now. And I'm all for that. We need it. I hope to get another stimulus package. But we have to be responsible for, this, for the state of our soul. So we're going to end with, with a prayer. Let, let, me, let me leave one last scripture with you this morning. 
You get discouraged. Maybe things aren't working for you. Maybe you tried to write that book and it didn't happen. Maybe you tried to write that song and it didn't happen. Start that business, get that relationship, buy that house. All that stuff fell through. Let me tell you something. Don't be discouraged, okay? Arise. Make some adjustments and accomplish what God has given you. Let me give you this scripture. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work of the Lord does from the beginning to the end. Amen. Let's pray. They're gonna, Peter's going to lead us. He's going to lead us and build my life one more time because I love the message of that song. It says, I declare that I'm going to build my life on you. I'm done building it on myself. I'm done building it on politics. I'm done building it on culture. I'm done building it on my, my brain or my wallet. I'm going to build my life on you. So listen, if you're in this place this morning, or if you're at home, and maybe you feel discouraged, and maybe the word for you today was arise. It's time to stop mourning, and it's time to go on. Maybe the word for you is, maybe you need to make some adjustments. Maybe you've drifted away from God. Or maybe it's time you feel the stirring in, in yourself to, to start accomplish what God has done, and you don't want to mess up in the waiting. Let's just lift our hands for a moment, and let's just connect with the Lord. Listen, if you're here today, if you're watching and you don't know Jesus Christ, everything I do, the promises in the word of God are not for you, I'm sorry to say that. God does not have any grandchildren. In order to receive the promises of a heavenly father, you have to come to him and give him your life and give him yourself. If that's what you wanna do, I'm encourage you to do that. You simply just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I wanna change and I give my life to you. But come on, those of us that are here, we're going to sing this song. And let's make this song a time of repentance, a time of just acknowledging our, our dependence upon God. Whatever God has put in your heart to pray, let's do that right now. Amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life, Assembly of God a church of his presence, his promises, and all people.